0: So, uh, this as I was saying, this is the FF Sports Podcast, and I'm Logan. The I'm Jared. All right. And we are uh, just starting out. And so the first thing I want to talk about is, all right. I am, I'm Logan, obviously, and I am, we're both Kentucky fans, but we also don't see eye to eye on a lot of other sports. He doesn't like the NBA. I don't like the NHL, but he does like, he does like to talk about the NHL. <laughs> And I like the NBA. He loves the NHL. i he'll talk about it all day long, and I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, he is also where we our biggest divide is he he likes the Seahawks, and I'm a Packers fan. And we'll get to that later because that's something I want to talk about going into this offseason. Um, but uh, overall, I guess, Jared, is there anything you want to introduce yourself as besides a Seahawks-loving Kentucky fan?
1: Well, as you originally said, you know both of us are diehard Big Blue. That's kind yes. of how we're born and raised, and how we live our life. That's no, That's priority number one, besides uh-huh. our family. Uh-huh. But um, you know, I think our we we do we obviously think differently, and I think this is going to. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of views for both sides uh-huh. of our opinion yeah. and yeah. Uh, how, how we see things, and
0: you know, I'll I'm. Also, I'd like to say, if anybody's going to realize anything off me and you talking sports, because we talk it literally every time we're with each other. the whole time we're with each other. 24 is So I figured, why not start a podcast if we're going to talk about it? Um, we're going to realize that me and you, you are much like my dad, and it drives me nuts because he's very pessimistic, and you see everything as in they are either great or they suck, and I give them the benefit of the doubt. Way more than I probably should.
2: Well, I mean
1: that's kind of how it is, though, isn't it? It's you know either you're good or you're bad, and if there's an in between, well, right. there's usually some sort of variable that happens of why they're good I, and why
0: they're bad. I feel like you have to prove yourself, like Oscar Chua has, in order, <laughs> your, in, in order to get your get your approval. Um, first of all, and uh, otherwise, I'm starting this podcast, and I I have not tested positive, but I pretty much am with us. Sick wife that has COVID, so I don't think I feel bad. But if I sound weird, that might be why. But overall, I feel pretty good. I'm asymptomatic except for a splitting headache that I have. So otherwise, and my wife is okay. She's feeling much better today. Very if good, anybody good. ever listens to, it. Um, but all right, let's talk tomorrow. Um, let's get this out of the way. D we Kentucky plays eight o'clock tomorrow night against Alabama at alabama and do you think that one do you think we win that's that's what i that's what i want i want to know do you think we win
1: i do think we'll win because i think we'll be at full strength and and i think they're gonna they're gonna want to play exactly how we love to play up down fast don't stop let's go let's throw up some points and i think we're um much, much better defensively. Uh, we are 19th in Ken Palm rankings uh, def- and the defensive efficiency. Uh, we are fourth offensively. Uh, Alabama's up there. I'm not necessarily sure exactly where they are. But, you know, overall, we're, we're one of the, in my opinion, I think we're the best team in the country. Uh, I think we've played the best basketball since uh, uh, the Cats have lost to Notre Dame uh, early on. Ever since then, we've been and, on fire. and
0: that was a game that, like, you just literally felt like that was one of those games where nothing went right. Everything About collapsed. 100%. Everything was awful. It was just one thing after another. No offensive flow. We might have. I felt like at most we went on a four-zero run at the most in that game. We might have hit two baskets in a row before they would end the streak. I just felt like that was just an ugly game for us, and ever since then we've been pretty fast. Besides the Texas A&M game, but we figured that one out. So
1: fast and efficient—that's the way the Cats yeah. have to play. But, they want to go fast and control, uh, you know, control the speed of the game, and they they want to put up some points. And Alabama tries to; they usually do pretty well. Um, yeah. They like to shoot a lot of threes, but they don't really make a lot of them. Uh, they're, they're actually one of the best teams in the country uh, shooting at uh, two-point field goal percentages, which is kind of shocking. But either they'll shoot a two, as in a layup or a dunk, or a three, mostly a three. But, you know, even uh, their, their big wins, uh, they've shot – whenever they've beaten Baylor, when they've beaten uh, Gonzaga, when they've beaten these bigger teams like us um, – They actually shoot higher than 33% from the three-point range, but they usually only make six, seven, eight threes. It's not a lot. It's not like they're making 10, 11, 12 threes. They're making a few, but they're just being efficient. Yeah. So I think uh, on our defensive end to stop them, I think we can slow them down. Uh, I think we've got pretty good versatility uh, to be able to defend them pretty well, and I think that's why um, we'll come out on top by – uh, you know it's going to be a hostile environment, so it's still going to be pretty tough. I'll say, i uh, I'd say we'll probably win by I'll say eight.
0: We're, we're a one point favorite, and I'm looking at it, and uh,
1: so I would definitely smash the over on that. Uh, I would take, I would take our side,
0: but Alabama is one of those feast or famine teams. Now, if they come out and they, I feel like they. Sh- they try to play style similar to how Golden State plays in the NBA. They want to run as fast, and sh- they don't. Ca- they they're one of those teams that there's a 50% chance they would shoot a wide open layup in a fast break, or they would shoot a or, wide, a, three. or, or a three. They yeah. they they don't care about shot selection. They want to get it up quick, and they 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 want to score points. Now, <laughs> to me, they could honestly, I I could see them going off and exploding, and us having a bad night, and. Them beating us by fifteen, I give that probably like a fifteen percent chance of happening. That they just we just have a bad night and they explode because they're that kind of team. They could play the us the way that they played Baylor and then beat us like they beat Baylor. And but also at the but same they're time, they're also very but, small.
1: That's kind of the sorry I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. You, but I oh, you're fine. That they're 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 actually a really small team. They're not necessarily as big or as strong as we are. And you know, surprisingly. Bandy yeah. was beating us up the other night, and I'm not sure how they're feeling today. But you know, um, yeah, but- I'm sure this weekend is kind of like an off week to not be able to get pounded down low and get beaten up and smashed, and we can kind of play free and not, I- you know, have to worry about getting beaten up.
0: And I think the good measurement is we recently played Auburn. At Auburn, and they did too, and we felt, we fared way better than they did. They lost sure. by nineteen, and they let up a hundred points, and they they struggled, and they they didn't look good in that game. But then you well, know, I, I right before that, kind of they good. beat Baylor. So that I think that's what I'm saying when they're the feaster feast or famine team is they can either kill some of the best teams or they. They can be destroyed by some of the worst, and I think that's that's reflective of their record. They're fourteen and eight, but they're also eleven and two at home. So they also feed off of the energy, the energy of their that's what Alabama does in football too. I mean, they're even though they're good away from home in football, they're they're always good, but they feed off that energy in basketball, and that helps their shooters be great, and that helps them play with energy and go at it. You know, they they don't they just it Gets them hot, and when they get hot, they just they're a hard team to beat. But at the same time, they could come out and just be cold all game, they could not ever find a spark, and we could kill them by 20 for sure. So, all right. so I, I could see I this think... being a 20 point game either way, but at the same time, I think it'll probably be closer towards the end of the game, you know, because we could have them down by 20.
1: I don't think we could necessarily get beaten by 20. Honestly, I don't think we get beaten by 20 by anybody, whether yeah. they have a good night or not. but – Especially Alabama, or well, especially with us defensively, we're just so good. I don't think we'd ever let the game get away from us unless, you know, injuries or something occurred or whatever.
0: With with their mode of playing, if they are a shoot, like they're a fast team, we're a fast team, want to shoot threes, they want to shoot threes. That over right now for total points is 157. I could see that getting smacked Ooh. out. I could I could see both teams combining for well over 157. I could see it honestly being 90 to 80. And then about, okay, yeah, so about 170 points between the two teams. I could, tell, I could definitely see that. And as of right now, UK is a one-point favorite. I could see could definitely see us beating that. But my X Factor of who has to play good for Alabama, and let me pull this back up because it went away. Um it's the Davison guy. Yeah, JD when he, Davison. When he plays good, he's extraordinarily like when they when he plays good, he is a key point of how they win. Because I just had it here a second ago. When he scores a little... Hold on. Let me find it. There we go. Stats. So, J.D. Davidson. Nice head of hair, by the way. Um, In his yeah. recent games, when they lost to Auburn, he had zero points. 24 minutes, zero points, four assists, zero rebounds, and two fouls. So, uh, not a good performance. But then yeah, when I mean- he... It, it, this is his average points per right, per game. The season are right around eight points a game. Yeah, eight point two. And their win against uh, Baylor, he had fourteen. He shot sixty six percent from the field. And then their loss against Georgia an a, uncharacteristic loss, only had seven. Their win against Missouri, seventeen. They're barely they barely escaped with a win at LSU or against LSU. He only had four. So I feel like if he scores over 10, that's where it starts to get hairy for me. That's when I'm like, uh-oh. That, uh, when they're firing with him playing well, I feel like he's one of their X-Factors. He has to play well for them to win. But that's just whether or not... Is he... He's a, Who will be guarding him? Probably Grady or Tata. I don't know if he's a true um. guard. I'd say it's probably well, it's, it's or... kind
1: of tough to say. I mean, uh, they have a pretty solid like rotation of three. So I think we are definitely going to be doing a whole lot of switching just with the guard play in, in general. Uh, and with the fours, I, I doubt that uh Shiway or Lancewear, whenever he comes in, uh, I doubt they'll be switching off the guard one of these guards because you know they've got Jaden Shackle for their leading scorer at 17 and a half. Six rebounds. And then you got Javon Quinterly, tra- um, uh, transferred from Villanova two years ago. Uh, very good player. He played very well
0: against us last year.
1: Yeah, and he always does. Uh, he, he's one of their uh, – well, just like – well, Sha- Jaden Shackelford and uh, Javon Quinterly, both of them, they can they can really put up some points. But, you know, they, they're really guard heavy. You know, they go basically a 4-1, but their five-man is really like a three. Yeah, So, it's going to be kind of tough. I think it's going to be a good rebounding day for Oscar Sheetway.
0: Oh, yeah, because um, Ellis is their leading rebounder. He's a guard, and he only has 6.2 rebounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I see how – But all def- around,
1: they're pretty – They're, you know, buck average, average about 40 rebounds a game. Uh, all of them average about four, five, six rebounds uh, per player per game. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean their center- they're center – be, uh, is it Bidi- Bediaco? Yeah, Bediaco, uh, yeah. He only has four point two rebounds a game. I could, I could definitely yeah. see him being, you know, having issues with Sheeby. Well, he doesn't really play much. He, he does play a little he, bit. Yeah, I know. That's what I've noticed. is he? He's the only center in their whole lineup, and he only has eighteen minutes a game. And uh, and Nate
1: Oath is a smart guy. He's gonna. He's probably gonna take advantage of trying to stretch out Oscar Sheeby. Shibu-i. Shiway's a very slow lateral mover, very yeah. slow lateral defender.
0: So he mix that up with kind of an explosive jump, kind of, you know, kind of that's how a, he knows how to time his jumps, I guess is what I'm saying. That's why he's yeah. so good at rebounding. But, but I mean, overall, I mean, that's the only center they have that has any minutes. That's literally the only center on their whole roster is Bediaco, and he's, other than that, I mean, that's just to my point about them being like a Golden State team, is they, they want to play you fast. They want to wear you out. I, mean, I could definitely see them. Shiboy might be tired because they're going to run at him. They're going to run, 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 run our big guys. But I think this is another, you know, good potential game for uh, Keon Brooks. Yes. For sure. He's, he's, they don't really have a solid four. They have Gary, he only averages about 18. Gary and Gurley, about 18 minutes a game. And Miles, they split three forwards that are about 18 minutes a game. And, I mean, I could see this, again, being a, a more experienced, very, very hot uh, Keon Brooks coming in, being very, very quick. Um, yep. I definitely I would, feel it. I
2: wouldn't
1: necessarily be surprised if, um, if Cal throws out a little bit of a, a few times in the same lineup to have both. Keon Brooks and Toppin on the floor at the same time. Uh, yeah, just that yeah. way he can have uh, you know, that versatility defensively yeah, and, and kind you of run, Always want Toppin's energy.
0: Toppin's yeah. energy, definitely. You know, yeah. Especially in a game where it's going fast, you're going to have to rotate some players. But I just want to see if I'm looking at stats real fast. Shackleford, who was the guy that used to play for Alabama? God, that felt like he was there for six years. Who was it? I'm uh, drawing a blank on his name. My God. Petty. Petty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Petty. Oh, the my God. He went there from the time I literally started high school. I think he was there. I dropped out of college. Didn't go to college for two years. Went to technical school. And then almost done with my bachelor's degree at Western now. And I'm about to be 26. And I felt like he was there the whole time.
1: He's the, he was- he's the Alabama of, of
0: Perry Ellis. From Kansas. Oh my god, Perry Ellis. He's
1: there for 40 years and he's still
0: there. he oh still hasn't left. No, Perry Ellis, I feel like he's probably just. <laughs> I bet they wish they had him last Saturday. I bet Kansas really wishes they had Perry. Yeah, they needed quite a bit of help. But they yeah, they needed, they needed, they needed, they needed God. <laughs> they needed a lot of things. Uh, let's see, who's our leading? I want to see how many re- <laughs> she or she by averaging. Fifteen point two rebounds a game against Best in the their le- against their leader of six point two. So I've definitely feel like this is a. I don't know whether at the pace of the game and the style of the game where the shoe will get twenty points, but I could definitely see him getting twenty rebounds again, just because the size and the amount of shots that they're going to get up.
1: Totally agree, and so. he's not going to have any, you know, uh, competition with trying to get rebounds other than his own teammates.
0: No, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this would, you remember when I, you know how Mello always yells at, at his other players, like, get away, usually with some explicit in there, get away. I think that's how I would approach this game. And she would be like, you all just get out because they ain't going to have nobody that can get this to me. Just get yeah, out. Get out of the way. Let me yeah. handle this. I got yeah. it. Yeah, in a way, you all just start running because that's just the way, you know, I, if I was him, I'd get it, look to past a wheeler and immediately. I feel like there's going to be a lot of first 10 second shots, you know, before the clock shot clock even hits 20 seconds. I feel like there's going to be a shot up on both sides. So again, if I was in a betting state, the state where it was legal, I could definitely, uh, I could definitely see this going past the over of one fifty seven. And all right, I got to tell you a painful story. So went down to Bristol a few weeks ago to see my sister-in-law and uh while i was down there it was the new year six and i put a six game parlay or six pick parlay on uh the new Year's six bowls i got all of them right all of them right my ten dollars was gonna pay me five hundred dollars i was gonna i was gonna just load my soon-to-be daughter here down with some gifts and my last game I had to win was Utah, or not Utah, Ole Miss versus Baylor. And agonizingly, that's when Matt Corral went down, and I picked Ole Miss, and I picked Ole Miss to cover. So I had went all that game. I had picked Utah that day. I had picked all the near six games right and to cover. I had picked them, even the teams that had lost, I had picked the right side of the cover. Painful, painful, bro. Just lost it at the end. And it was the only time I've ever bet gambled or anything, put ten dollars down just for fun. Almost won five hundred, six hundred dollars. Just agonizing pain. Just as soon as I seen Matt Crow go down, I was like, I'm just gonna I just went and laid down. I was I was mad. I was in shambles.
1: Well, if I had ten bucks and we were able to bet. I'm definitely putting on Kentucky on this oh, to win by more than one. All right, all right. So if, if so we win, definitely. it's going to be by more than one, and if we lose, which I don't think is going to happen, it'll be by more than one. So yeah. it, I mean,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. I could definitely see us losing by five to ten, but I just, I definitely, I, I, my heart and you know the picks, I definitely feel like Kentucky wins by seven, eight. I just feel like it's. I feel like their streakiness gets the best of them, and we ended up winning. So, But to your point, if you had $10 and you could bet on it, let's go to the next game, Duke versus North Carolina. Yes, Duke at North Carolina. That Coach K yeah. in his final year, like we haven't heard that a thousand times, going to Chapel Hill for the last time. And as a guy who hates both these teams, I do enjoy watching this game. It's in where we haven't got Kentucky versus Louisville this year. I think it, I think it's, it's going to be fun to watch, especially as a precursor to our game coming on in the night. So I think there's a good amount of basketball tomorrow, but Duke versus North Carolina. Jared, what's your predictions? Cause I already got mine set up in my mind. Well, I mean, I
1: don't think it's, I don't think it's very difficult to, to choose Duke here because, North Carolina has struggled. They have not had much of anything positive go well all year. They're playing a little bit better of late, but oh, I mean. Hubie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Duke is just a little bit better. They, um,
0: Over under on the amount of years, Hubert Davis has a job. That's his name, right? Yeah, yeah, Hubert Davis, yeah. Um, I'm uh, definitely
1: saying. Two. If they find someone, if someone comes open uh, after this this first year, I could see them being out immediately.
0: What's their what's what's North Carolina's record at this point?
1: Uh, I was trying to get down to it. Uh, they're sixteen and six, so they are playing a little bit
0: better. Duke's only favored by three. They feel like they they're they're a week sixteen and six. Like I feel like oh, Alabama's a strong fourteen and eight, and North Carolina's a weak sixteen and six.
1: Armando Bacot, which is, you know, bacon. Yeah. No, Armando, Armando Bacon. I mean, anytime I mean, you go to anytime you see Duke in North Carolina, you know, it's a rivalry game. It doesn't matter if North Carolina is 6 and 25 and Duke is 35 and 0, it's going to be, it's going to be a ball game because, you know, these two schools don't like each other. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone likes either one of these. So let's be honest.
0: I think, teams. and I think that North Carolina. Just looking through their schedule here, I think that they're one of those teams that, at first, it looked like they had a very strong schedule, but they don't. I mean, they're they're beaten up on a lot of a weak ACC team. The teams that they have played that are decent, you know, you look at you look at their schedule at the beginning, and you're like, oh, they play Purdue, so you're like, okay, that Purdue's really good, and then they play Tennessee, which Tennessee's pr- decent decent but then you look at they're like oh michigan's a strong team michigan's not that good and sorry if jordan never listens to this but michigan's just not that good no. uh, not not uh, this year i mean some people guy, have issues with uh, the, uh that new guy that they're watching or they, they got in he's pretty good but he's he's not gonna he's not gonna save this not this season 9-11. I can't. I can't think of that guy. He just started playing a few weeks ago. Jordan talks about him all the time. But, uh, but then you continue to look there. I mean, they they beat. They got beat by Notre Dame like us. But then you know they beat up on Virginia. Then they got yeah. destroyed by Miami, and they they were okay a little after that. We had some weird they,
1: outcomes,
0: uh, yeah, for sure, with very
1: uh, different play styles is a very different team so i mean i think duke just top to bottom is much much better i think they'll probably win by mm, i'd probably say about five. I won't oh, I'm, that five
0: i'm hammering that cover but duke um if i if i could i would definitely put down my mortgage well, on duke the only I, reason, yeah yeah I mean, <laughs>
2: is
1: definitely the, the answer here um i, mean, I wouldn't be fairly surprised if North Carolina came out with that with being on top. But uh mm-hmm. I mean w- with with um aj griffin playing as well as he as well as he is right now he's shooting the yeah. lights out the last but- game that they played he went five for five from three the game before that I think he went something like four of six so yeah. he's basically Duke's um or a sharpshooter he's their jj reddick i mean he's their man that's gonna they need a three hit him out yeah. to the corner when uh ben caro wendell moore being able to be the two and three and be able to you know cover up the middle of the paint and be able to stretch out the floor um uh, you know it, it, duke's very difficult to defend especially with having uh uh mike williams down low yeah Trevor that's kills.
0: what he's not that's big. what i was sitting here thinking about you know they struggled with Louisville last week, or, or sorry, earlier this week, and I watched a little bit of that game. And it's neither of those teams—it just looked like two struggling teams. And you know, we know that Louisville is an absolute garbage fire. So watching those two teams struggle, I just—and the way we beat the Tar of North Carolina just by strength size—I do not think Baycott has an answer. I think that's about their only strong, decent big man, and you saw the way he struggled with Kentucky. Between Mark Williams, uh, Banchero, and just the size of Duke, I just I just don't – I mean, I understand that North is probably going to come out fiery because it's a rival game, but I just don't – I just don't see them having that fire for the whole – Forty minutes. I just, I just don't see how they could keep up with the talent of Duke for forty minutes.
1: Yeah, and D- Duke's got the depth down low too. Like even if they had to worry about, I uh, oh, just
0: got Bay a Cod. extremely loud Amber alert on my phone. Hold on, I did too. Okay, <laughs> okay. The tone of that was impeccable. <laughs> yeah, was... um,
1: I mean, Baycott is really North Carolina's the only good player, but uh, I mean, it, even if Duke is having, their Duke's not going to have troubles. You know, with Baycott because they've got the depth in behind uh, Mark Williams to even if Williams is in foul trouble, they just bring up the next man, and uh, yeah. I, I just think they'll be fine. But uh, yeah.
0: I yeah. mean, Baycott was the only one that showed up really against Kentucky, and he's the only one I see that probably has consistent um, appearances throughout the season. You know, you got they have Manic, but I just don't. I just don't see them coming through and having the, the talent and the, the skill to really hold it together for 40 minutes against a very talented Duke team. You know, I, I think that, you know, Duke has definitely been shown to be beatable, but I just, I just don't think it's going to happen with this North Carolina team. So I think that I would, uh, if, if I had $10, I'd definitely put it down on North Carolina. So.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, here's the shocking thing. Yeah. Um... For North Carolina, this is what's going to keep them in the game. They have five players over 37.5% from the three-point line. And
0: And four
1: of them are over
0: 42%. Yeah, I was actually just looking at that, but I didn't really notice it. I didn't didn't notice looking at that three-point since Yeah, I mean, Love is 41.9. RJ Davis 42.6. And I mean... Oh man, there's there's a lot of them, upper thirties and above. I mean, that's a lot. If they if they can hit threes over the size of Duke, then I definitely think that it keeps them in the game. But yeah, uh, like sure. I it, said,
1: and just like in March, uh, if you can make threes, yeah, it, you can beat anybody. And, and I think that's you know. a
0: strength of this year's Kentucky team. Definitely, I think that is a huge strength that they have. Is for sure is the ability to hit threes. Now, I hope that it's not one of those. Teams that just has a bad night in the Sweet 16, and we're holding on by a thread, and we get beat. We've definitely seen that happen a fair share of times. But I'd, be I'd, yeah, I'll be in, I'll be in just pain. You can find me crawled up in a hole in somewhere. All right. So, all right. The the next. Right, so to to sum up, uh, what do you so you think Duke covers and. Yeah, I think
1: covers. I think they'll probably win by about five, mainly because I think they'll stretch it out. They well, they, they're not necessarily the best free throw shooting team. So maybe the three points is actually a pretty good line. Um, I'm starting to think about it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna keep it the same. I still think it's gonna be five because I think they'll have a big enough lead, but it, I think it's definitely gonna be a pretty good game to watch anyway. Even yeah. even though, you know, North Carolina, they're sixteen and six. I don't think they're necessarily a sixteen and sixteen, um, but they're probably one of those like a ten, uh, like a ten seed in the March Madness. Like they're they're just in between. Like okay, here's just another team. They're gonna you know they're in a major conference, so we're gonna throw them in here.
0: Yeah, I think also in <laughs> looking back at the Alabama Kentucky game after Alabama just lost to Georgia, who is the Georgia fighting Tom Cranes that are 6-16. Six and 16. And, man, it just makes me feel a little bit better about tomorrow's game against Alabama. I just think they might be a fraudulent team this year. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I feel like they could be streaky and be hot, especially in that environment. But the more I look at it, I just I think that overall, Kentucky is just a way better team this year. And, no doubt. I, mean, I think Kentucky
1: is the best team in college basketball. That's my opinion. And uh, I, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, I, I've, we've watched every single game. I've, I've said it for about three weeks now. Uh, no one agreed with me. But here we are. They're ranked fifth in the country. And, you know, they're definitely playing like they're the best in the country. It's not even close. And I'm, I wish we could have Duke again. Because I think I, we would beat up on him.
0: I think uh, I Trevor think Kills a ain't chance. gonna go off for 20 again. I think definitely we'll probably see that again. Trevor Kills and that other guy, the the other big guy for Duke, whatever his name is, the one with the ponytail dreads. I can't think of what his name was, but he Oh the, the,
1: the guy the transfer from
0: Marquette. Yeah, whatever uh, his name is. What was I look it up real quick? Uh, what is his name? Oops, uh, it is uh, Theo John. Theo John. Oh my god! I knew it was some name that makes me mad. Yeah, to he about. he was
1: very annoying. He's always been annoying, but
0: yeah, he should have stayed at Marquette. I mean, he's uh, going to be the
1: bully, you know, the backup to come in for Mark Williams when he when he gets tired and yeah. Uh, I I don't think they're going to have any issues, honestly. Inside, you know, perimeter wise, you know, Duke plays that a very annoying defense, that little handy defense. I hate it. It's, yeah. it's just a very annoying
0: defense. Yeah, they don't play a very... And I think this is one point of mine that I think why Duke players don't do as well as Kentucky players in the NBA. And I'm not going to say Duke players aren't good in the NBA because there's some that have played well. I think Cal Perry does a whole lot better, and we may hate it at times, for him making people vigorously defend, whether it be man-to-man you know, staying on your guy, it's your guy, defend him. And Duke kind of plays a, a loose zone, kind of, we'll switch, we'll work it out. They always want to keep their best five on the floor. And I, and I think that's actually a good way of defending. But I think that's why Canadian players get so better when they're in the league because they know that their responsibility is to have that guy. And that's what the NBA is, because one on, basically one-on-one on one with you and your guy in a team setting. And uh, Duke just plays a very annoying, loose man-type zone where they they can switch, and they'll switch their players around, and it's just an annoying defense to watch, for sure.
1: Especially but, when they play your team. It's, it's very, yeah, very annoying.
0: It's probably relatable to the early 2000s with Jim Bayham. And, was it Jim Bayham? Yeah, Jim Bayham at uh, Syracuse. That's just it was an annoying defense that not a lot of people could figure out because you don't see it. It's, it, it's not the triangle zone that Jim Baham does, but it's an annoying defense that you don't see a whole lot and not with that level of talent. Yeah. It's well,
1: Jim Baham, like he, he said it before when, when he runs his two, three zone, that's what he wants to run. He doesn't go out and recruit the way he doesn't go out and recruit like, Oh, who can play defense? He goes out and recruits people who can get buckets. Yeah. and And then he works them defensively. And I think, I think uh Kyle Perry does that. Um uh, I feel like uh, you know, Coach K definitely tries to do that also, but I think he he just tries to work them into playing defense yeah. throughout practice. Rather than like I think Cal doesn't wants- be like, Hey, I want you to want to play defense.
2: Yeah, and, and he then if he doesn't, you-
1: I think we've seen just like in the past while we had so many transfers, you know, Devin Askew last year alone. He said, I'm out of here. Ironically, he went to Texas, which is the number one defensive efficiency team in the country.
0: Well, that's not thanks yeah. to him though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, he's
1: he's terrible. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> him the other night he, against Tennessee and yeah,
0: yeah, it's he's not good. Actually, that kind of leaves enjoys facing him. Yes. Yes, they always get a smile on their face when they see him. So mm-hmm. Let's look. That's actually the game I was wanting to get to next. I guess that's a good segue. Is I think there's two good games to watch that I don't know a whole lot about, but I think it does help get a gauge on four different teams that can be trouble in March. And one of those games is Iowa State against Texas, which is number 20 against number, 22, or number 23. And they're both 16 and 6, so I guess that's a good gauge of how good these teams are actually going to be and the Devin, Texas Devin Askew's, they, I want to see not see, is he even worth looking at here? He's got 2.1 points a game, two point, or less than one rebound, a little over one assist, shooting tw- uh, 25% from three. Yeah, that's not good. Per- <laughs> Let's let's just get sixty percent from the free throw line. Yeah. So, i I think that Texas is just one of those teams that is just not that good, but they can actually prove me and a lot of the people wrong. From, you know, everybody that says that they're wrong, I think that, or they can prove us wrong. They can say that. You know, wait, way Texas might be a decent team if they come out and make a good statement at home against Iowa State. But I mean, I'm looking at the re- the leader for Texas or Iowa State. I mean, they just, I just don't see anybody phenomenal that stands out for Texas that can uh, guard Isaiah Brockington. I just don't think that they have a big okay. guy down there in Texas that can stand up and guard. Isaiah Brockington. And I mean, he's a guard, but at the same time, he's their rebounds leader. He's kind of a do it all guy for Iowa State. But do they have that guy in Texas? Or that, or there's a,
1: a reason that he is, uh, you know, in the talk for the Wooden War to watch. So uh, uh, he's a good player. He's a very good player. He does everything very good. He's going to be an NBA talent. He's going to yeah, be an definitely. NBA player.
0: Definitely and, these uh, stats tell me somebody that. Could definitely be a good NBA player. I mean, he's 17 points a game, almost eight rebounds a game, two assist, one steal, only two turnovers a game while playing 34 minutes. I mean, he's definitely <clears throat> up there for uh for I mean, he definitely should be up there for Wooden the Award, but I just don't see about anybody on Texas. That can well,
1: do, and I mean, just, they just defend. They they don't worry about scoring points. Yeah, they don't worry about you know anything else. You know, they they stop Which, them, and then they just take their time to be able to figure out how to score points. And usually, it's Timmy Allen somehow, but or um, uh, their guards, you know, somehow shooting a three. Like that's just kind of how they play. It's very, it's very, very strange uh, offensively. But defensively they're they're about as they're they're the best. I mean it's just the way it is. They they don't want you to score and they'll make sure that you don't score.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's just a hallmark of Chris Beard's teams. His his past few teams over the few years when he was at Texas Tech was they were a good defensive team, but they had scores that you could go to. Yeah. but they didn't. Uh, they weren't known for sport. they weren't known for killing you offensively, but they they definitely were a good solid team. And I just ironically Texas lost to Texas Tech earlier this week, and I just don't think Texas has that guy this year that you can throw the ball to and say win us a game. You know I think Iowa State does, and I think that that's arguably probably why Iowa State. What's the Texas? Is it? Are you, are you kidding me? At eight yeah, and a they're
1: half? almost at Yeah, they're at eight and a half. They're oh, I'm half.
0: slapping that. I'm, I'm picking Iowa State to cover that side. I, I don't think Texas wins this by nine points. Yeah,
1: well, um, well, what's strange is Texas does have that guy to be able to go get him a bucket. The issue is, I don't think they allow him to. And it's Marcus Carr, the transfer from Minnesota, a guy that Coach Cow was wanting oh, to Oh,
0: yeah. So, I mean, I, I really wanted to come here. I, d- I forgot that he went to Texas. I really wanted him to come here. It's one of those ones that I felt like when we didn't get him, I just kind of kept or quit keeping up with him. So, uh, yeah, I think that they definitely, if they knew what to do, I think that they would hand it to Marcus Carr. Yeah, you were definitely right. You're spot on with that one. I mean, he's, he's shooting almost 40%. 80% from the free throw with 34% from three, but he's just not getting, I guess, you know, almost shooting 40%. They're just not giving him the, the opportunities to really do it. Actually looking at Texas stats, they're not a bad, they're not a bad shooting team. I think they just play so slow that it's, it's not, it's detrimental. Yeah, they're, to they're,
2: they're very
1: similar to Virginia a couple years ago. Uh, they they want to play slow, they want to play defense. They don't yeah. care about scoring. They just don't want you to score. And and that's the thing. I think you know even if it's a close game down the stretch, they have players that can make plays. They got Marcus Carr. They got Courtney Ramey. Uh, they got uh, Aaron. Is it Aaron Jones? I think it's a. It is a Jones. Andrew Jones. I'm sorry. He's he's the one that uh, had leukemia and beat it out. That was a pretty emotional. Good,
0: Good for him. Good for him. Always a W. Huh. But and Devin. of course
1: they they have Devin Askew like you know uh, the man who uh, is going Devin. into their Hall of Fame like that's just that ain't gonna Devin. happen it's never gonna
0: happen Devin Askew is the guy play. that brings a pair of scissors on a lifeboat bro he's he's not gonna he's not yeah, gonna. He, he's, he's not only gonna, gonna hurt you. you yeah he's not defensively defensively he's useless yeah and the more I look back I was actually watching um, I'll send it to you most uh, energizing best wins from each of the caliper seasons at Kentucky. And i look back at, it was like, it got through the wall year, got through the twins years. We got through the Ulysses, the, the towns year. I was like, yeah, man, all these teams, I miss these teams and we got back to last year and I watched ask you and <laughs> I watched – it was like we were like one in six. The most energizing win was us against Mississippi State at Mississippi State. Dante Allen went off and played well. But, my God, watching that team for – a high
1: score. It was not fun.
0: I was watching the movement on that team, and I thought if I had to sit and watch two years of that, I would have plucked if, my eyeballs out.
1: If this year's team was somehow able to play – last year's team, we would probably win by 40. Yeah. And I'm not kidding because they couldn't score. They couldn't defend. They didn't I move hyped. offensively. It was it was just you a useless basketball team that somehow got nine wins. And, and I stayed I, hope. I wanted them to do well, and it just
0: never and happened. I, I know you wanted them to do well. I want to apologize to everybody in my friends, listen, family for – I don't think Olivia Saar is as bad as last year represented him to be. But my God, I hyped him up better than anybody that yeah. at Kentucky will <laughs> ever remember him. Because I was like, Olivia Saar good. And he seemed such like a nice person. He like, he, all he wanted to do at Kentucky was fish and have a good time. And COVID happened and he got zero of that. And it was awful. And he followed Junior Nick Richards. And it just, you just can't. Also, I remembered how bad I missed Nick Richards after watching that video. Um, I, I see Nick Richards, and I just, I'm like, God, I wish, I wish I could see. I wish I could wish have. I, 2000. I w- yeah, the 2020 team. I wish they would yeah, uh, have got. I had a chance. I think we would have
1: won the <laughs> championship. I wish. I thought we could have made a run to the Final Four. I don't know if we would have had a chance to win, or we would have had a chance to win it all, but. It, that was definitely one of those teams that, if we lost in the tournament, that's it, a, that's a cry, that's a crying game right there. You cry that yeah. once you're you're done because there's yeah. such emotional players on that team. They cared so much, and even the fan, the us as fans, had what? such a connection with them. And you know,
0: they you don't find teams like that so enjoyable and listen man i cry at sports and i've definitely i've had my fair share people say man why do you cry at sports I'm like man you just don't understand you like grow to love these these kids and like now i'm older than them i'm like i see how hard they work it's not easy it's definitely not easy to do these things these kids do and go through college and stuff like that and they think people who look at them now think man you get everything handed to you you go to the university of kentucky and It's, you may look at it like that, but they still put a lot of work in. And, and, you know, you just have to appreciate that because, you know, Emmanuel quickly put in the work. Nick Richards put in a lot of work. And that whole team was just, just elite. And then I enjoyed watching Tyrese Maxey. And I just think that, uh, I think that that team definitely would have made it. Where
1: would you place, uh, you know, the, your favorite team say like your top five like with this year's team i I think it's definitely in the top five just mainly Uh, a lot because of oscar sheway uh for dante allen whenever he comes in you know even if he plays bad or plays well or whatever yeah the whole state of kentucky gets excited i think
0: that this team's definitely creeping in near five um I think that it just about, about, or upon the amount of noise they make at the end of the year. I think that Noel team was one of my favorites till they kind of fell apart at the end, and that happened due to injuries. But I think that this team, especially Oscar, Oscar's one already probably top five basketball player for me in Kentucky history. So watching him blossom and watching him, you know, I've heard all these stories because West Virginia basically – Tried to demolish this dude's career and tell him that he was the problem and stuff. And he came and honestly, he came to Kentucky and seems like one of the best people on the planet.
1: Yeah, I just don't understand how anyone could say a, a, a single bad thing about that man out there because he's no. just a massive, just teddy bear
0: stuffed and teddy bears. What else we is made of
1: brick because no one can get
0: by him. <laughs> And I think this team also, because, yeah, he's, he's definitely a brick wall, but I think this team is also very fun to watch because of their energy. And it's yeah. the team after COVID because of, so the fans get there and they get to show their energy and support for one another. They get to high-five and jump and show, you know, they get to play in these rowdy environments. And I think that's one thing that I'm mad about this year is that Tai, tai and uh, Wheeler got hurt against a very rowdy Auburn, and I wanted to see us steal their souls and I mean I'm not mad at them for being hurt but I'm mad that we didn't get to take the energy out of that crowd and show ourselves as the number one team because I think definitely we were going to beat that Auburn team and I think we were going to beat them handily but once we lost our guard both guards there was no offense so yeah. all right so uh, quickly here we'll go through a couple more games I know you want to talk about the Kansas Baylor game
1: yeah it's just a big game I mean it, it's it's the top two teams in the in the big 12 and uh, I, you know, I think Ochai is going to be back for Kansas. He was uh, off, off. Uh, he was off very off last game against. Uh, who was it? Uh he was Very off who.
0: against us too. Yeah, yeah I can't I remember, good. But he I had COVID.
1: He never, yeah, there you go. Uh, I always thinking they won what seventy to sixty-one, I believe, and.
0: Oh, Abaji yeah. didn't play. I see what you're saying, about yeah, I didn't know. I didn't good. pay attention. Yeah, I didn't see that he actually
1: right. Did. And I think he'll be back this game. And, and I mean, Baylor's got their own wooden players. You know, they, they got good. Some they got some good players. A good team. Definitely smartly right. coached, and I I just want to talk about it just quickly. We don't have to talk about it too long. It's a big game on Saturday. There's a lot of really good games on Saturday.
0: I, I think this is more like it's not a real rivalry besides Kentucky, besides Duke, North Carolina. It's not a rivalry Saturday, but I think it's a good litmus test Saturday to where For you both can see, teams. yeah, you can see a lot of teams how good they are and what kind of team they'll be maybe come March. But I think this sure. is again to your point. You know, it's eight versus ten and uh, yeah i definitely see what you're saying so but it, it is i hope abaji or oh yeah abaji plays that way we can see definitely how this this team plays and especially cuz i want to see how good they are with him because they were not good with him against kentucky but that could have just been you know one bad game from him
1: no i think we just you know i think we just played so well defensively that uh, i mean he had some good shots and when he had good and open shots he made them so yeah. I, I think just defensively we were we were just rock was, solid,
0: and with the emergence of Keon Brooks, uh, yeah, fantastic game, just hitting every
1: shot that he could. And yeah, he and very playing well.
0: very very well throughout the whole game. So, yeah, I think this definitely you know I don't know too much about Baylor and how they play. I do know that you know they don't I don't they don't have the guys that they won that national championship with, but I definitely think that they still play similar. A hard team from what I've seen, they play hard, and I mean, both these teams put up a good amount of points. They're sitting right at 79 uh, and 70, 80 points 72 and
1: 73. 73 from Kansas, oh. 71.8 from Baylor.
0: Uh, I looked, uh, and Kansas
1: is actually favored by two and a half.
0: Oh, I guess I read the wrong thing. I was looking at it, I thought it was 79, 80. Oh, no, 79, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 80. you're
1: right. My bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. 78.8 for Baylor, 80 for Kansas. Okay. Just yeah. Baylor's so much better defensively. That's the issue for Kansas is they just struggle defensively. They're fine offensively. They run good stuff defensively. But- they, just, they just don't have it, and Baylor does. That's why I think Baylor could actually come in with an upset. Uh, I do think it's an upset, number one, because Kansas doesn't lose at home, yeah. and Bill Self won't let it happen. So I, I, I do think Kansas wins this game, um, but Baylor's still a very, very good team. Then um, you
0: then you look the past few games from uh, from Baylor. They've been pretty assertive. Besides their loss to Alabama, they've beat West Virginia handily twice, Oklahoma, Kansas State. But well, then they. Well, I
1: a uh, West Virginia game. They they were actually down for most of the game, but yeah. then towards the towards the late end, you know, West Virginia just didn't have any answers, and Baylor was able to slowly pick them off and run away. Uh, I don't think they even took their first lead, Uh, well, at least in the second half, until like seven minutes left, and they were and then, down the entire time.
0: And then, you know, yeah. And I think that Baylor probably, you know, they're a strong team. They're never going to be one. They're one of those teams that even when you're up 10 with five minutes left in the tournament, you're still on the edge of your seat because you, you know that they could definitely work their way, and it's not going to be. They're not going to give up, to your point, but I'm looking at the last five for Kansas, and, I mean, they struggled. Besides, you know, they actually won handily by nine against Iowa State uh, without Abaji, but, I mean, they got beat by 18, could have been by 30 against us, and they went to double overtime against Texas Tech and barely beat Kansas State and Oklahoma by three apiece. So I think that KU – might be okay, but they definitely could prove themselves as not a fluky team that um, that could be this is, know, is a good they, team. They're
1: just not you know they I don't think they're necessarily good enough defensively to actually make a really good run in the tournament. Yeah
0: I think they're and, a, when it comes team.
1: down to it, it the tournament's all that matters. The like Baylor could lose this game like just like with Kentucky when they lost to Auburn. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, Baylor's losing their mind over there, taking their shirt off, getting excited over a game that to us literally does not matter. And yeah. really to them it doesn't matter because even if they lost, they're going to be fine. But, yeah. like, I mean, you know, even these games now, the regular season, they don't matter. Just you're trying to prepare yourself for March. And yeah. I don't think Kansas has it defensively. I can see yeah. them probably being a sweet 16 if they have a good matchup. Uh, they Take could probably a, lead eight, but that's at best. I, I just don't think they're much better than that. Because
0: and I, and I think this Baylor team is definitely a Final Four team, a Final Four caliber team. That so really,
1: you I haven't think watched that, them play
0: much, have you? I, I think that from what I've seen, they're just very strong. Like I, 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 yeah, I haven't watched them play, but I've kept up with their scores and their stats a lot. But I haven't watched them in game. I think that they definitely could, you know, make a lot of noise towards the end, I know how these Baylor teams play. I know that they're always going to be there. I think it, what's the Baylor's coach name, Scott Drew? Yeah. I think he's definitely a better coach than Kansas. He could definitely...
1: You think he's a better coach than Bill Self? Yes, absolutely.
0: Wow. That's
1: that's some strong words. I really... If I start a
0: podcast to prove that I don't like Bill Self, then that's... That's... <laughs> that's a... <laughs> so but yes, then a, okay so you what th- who do you think wins the game kansas or i think kansas wins yeah
1: i mean i mean they they are favored by two and a half and i'm actually normal normally taking the underdogs um hi ah, you know what now that i'm thinking about yeah i'm gonna take kansas i'm gonna take kansas I, i'm tempted to switch to baylor because i think what, they'll be able to do what's what Kentucky the spread in, uh two and a half but is it who's the favorite kansas
0: Kansas, two and a half.
1: Over-under is 147
0: and a half. Uh, I'm scared of that over-under, but I do think that – I think I'd go with Baylor.
1: I think that actually seems about right, really. I, it could I think, actually yeah. be a little bit high, though.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think it's a little high. That's why I wouldn't want to – I wouldn't bet the over on it. So
1: The issue is I, I think what Kansas does really well offensively, they're able to put up a lot of points. Baylor, I think Baylor only puts up a lot of points. Because they're a good three-point shooting team, so uh, if Baylor's off, which is why they were down a lot to Kent to uh, uh, West Virginia, then they were able to come back and they started knocking down their threes. So uh, they're already good, good enough defensively to actually keep them keep themselves in the game and actually to not let a game get away. Um, and I think
0: that's important to getting a good run in the NCAA tournament, too. Yeah, so. for
1: sure, for sure. But um, uh, Kansas is also just so good. So
0: so you're going to pick Kansas? I do think. Yeah. I do think. think I think it will be Kansas probably by – I would say two. I'll take the
1: under because I think it will be much closer because of Baylor being so good defensively and Kansas being so good offensively. Yeah. I'll take Kansas by two.
0: I think what I would want to say is that I think this would be a good game for Abaji to get himself back on the wooden alert list by coming out and playing strong and then beating Baylor. I think that they have two games against Baylor. I think that they definitely could he could definitely put himself back on, you know, the list to be the top player in college. I don't think he'll win it. But, you know, still being top five in that conversation at the end of the season, I think he could probably after playing so horribly against Kentucky and then not being there against Iowa State. I think that he could definitely come back and prove himself. Well, he's
1: going to be going up against another uh, wooden uh, wa- watch person.
2: You got this. You know,
1: he, it's James Akinjo, and he can put up points. He's a very good player. He's a good three-point shooter. Um, but th- that'll be a good matchup. They're not going to guard each other because James Akinjo is a little bit smaller than him. But uh, I, yeah, I just uh, I think Kansas is going to be able to control the game. A little bit better, especially with it being at a home against Baylor. In general, you know, it's yeah. starting to come like a rivalry, like Kentucky and Auburn. You know, it's you yeah. know two top teams in their conference playing each other.
0: Not yeah, uh, not traditional, but not traditional rivals, yeah. but two tough teams that look forward to playing each other each year. Every single year, they give yeah. good environments for each other. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you how to pronounce this forward's name for.
1: Uh
0: yeah it's a, it's a it's a good one yeah that's yeah, yeah that's I think you got it right um kind of like Oscar the Silent T but yeah. it's definitely he is he's definitely got you know he's a good solid center and I didn't see a good solid not center but it's good strong forward out of uh Kansas Kansas so I yeah. think that definitely you know that could be a problem but I think that. I think it's well, – They, to they it are to strong. It. They got
1: they got some, uh, you know, strong players. And they're also yeah. just so, like uh, – they play with a lot of heart. You know, I think that's just the way their coach, um, Coach Drew, teaches them is, hey, play with heart. You always stay in the game. Play defense. Yeah. You'll, and
0: I you'll think get that, points. I think tomorrow definitely is a good day for me to have COVID and sit and do homework and watch basketball all day. I think that's definitely – what's going to be the last game I want to get to before we get to our little random topics that we want to is um, I got one Kentucky question after this, but there is a game that I know not much about either team, but I do think it will be a fun game to watch hit to me. get yeah, to I know bet. them.
1: What uh, hit me? Cause I, I bet I know a little bit of something from both of them as much college basketball as I watch.
0: UConn and Villanova. Yes. Uh, Very think- interesting
1: game. Uh, you know, almost, you know, Villanova, they're Villanova. I mean, they're going to shoot threes. They're going to play five out. They're going to spread you like crazy. And UConn's going to play with two bigs, but they're going to want to run up and down like crazy. And they are, I believe I know for a fact, they're top three in the country with most shot blocks per game, but I think they might be number one or number two, number one or number two, one of those two, but that this is going to be a fun game. It's the first game of the week or well, first game of the weekend. Uh, UConn, I don't think they're a top-20 team, but I think the way that they play, Villanova has been kind of in a small little slump. They've been very strange, but it's going to be a good game. Very yeah, good game.
0: They, definitely. They, they didn't play good against Marquette, which Marquette's definitely better than I thought they were. I think, um, I think a lot of
1: people would agree with you there because even I'm were. a little bit surprised.
0: Yeah, but I mean, even then, I'm looking at, you know they've lost they lost a market twice, but honestly Villanova hasn't they haven't fared well against decent teams this year. I'm looking at their schedule, and I mean they only put 36 points up against Baylor. They got blown out by Creighton, ended up coming back and beating Creighton a few weeks later. So I think it's but they also destroyed Tennessee too. So I think that. And they played Purdue. They got beat by Purdue. So I think that um, one of my dogs they... really threw themselves up against my door. Yeah, it scared me for a second. But um I think it's Sawyer wasn't in there with me. Uh but I think that again it is one of those teams that might be, you know, coming into their stride, but at the same time it's hard to tell because they got beat by Marquette during this they got beat twice by Marquette during this stretch. So it's going to be good to figure out exactly who they are against uh, Connecticut tomorrow. And uh, Connecticut, I guess, a team that I didn't think was as good as they are. Yeah.
1: And uh, UConn averages seven blocks per game. That's just outrageous. Yeah. That it, is I think uh, the big man Sinogo, I believe. Uh, yeah, Adama Sinogo. He is he, – he, he's he's fun to watch. R.J. Cole, he's fun to watch. He's their, he's their guard. He's their leading scorer but you know Villanova they're very balanced a lot like um, Baylor in a way they they want to play five out Baylor doesn't necessarily want to play five out but they can and but Villanova's you know that's how they play Colin Gillespie senior he's a stud he's he, you know 91% free throw shooter 46% from the field 17 points per game it's going to be a good game it's going to be a good game
0: yeah yeah i think so and I, like i said i don't know a lot about these two teams because um, I just haven't really watched a lot of UConn-Villanova. Don't go out of my way to watch those two teams. I actually watched more Iona this year than I have these two teams, but they, I think it'll be two teams that are worth watching and seeing You know exactly how good they are. And definitely two teams that play good in March. And I was I right. Past-
1: UConn is number two in blocks per game, right behind Auburn with eight blocks per game. Yeah. So – I knew that they were top three and I thought they were second. I just,
0: you know, okay. here we are. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> So I think that's a good game to watch. I think that's just one yeah, for to sure. be worth yeah. watching. And uh, so, <clears throat> all right, let's do some lightning topics real quick. The stuff you want to talk about, you want to go first? Um, Sure. Just a quick little thing.
1: You know, I, I'm a soccer guy. Uh, big on soccer. Uh. A massive, massive update, a ma- or I'm sorry, not update, but a uh, uh, upset. Manchester United loses to Middlesbrough, fourth tier Middlesbrough, in the FA Cup. In I'd Pl- like to
0: think that's from Kentucky.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got our own. But uh, they they lose. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo missed a pin early on in the game, and yeah, Matt. You know, Manchester United fans right now are in shambles. They thought they were going to walk in when four, five, six, nothing. And they walk out
0: going home. Yeah. And You're talking this, about a scary moment. I had to introduce Sarah. Due to a Netflix series about Cristiano Ronaldo's wife, I had to show her who Cristiano Ronaldo is. And you talk about scary showing Cristiano Ronaldo off to your wife because yeah. this, that man is handsome. Uh, yeah, dude yeah. dude is... Your uh, muscle,
1: too. Just nothing they, but
0: muscle. No fat. They, And I think he's looked like in his prime, he looks like a good 23, 24 year old dude in his prime. He's looked that way. And I know he has to be in his thirties by now. So, so he's 36. Ah, dude. Oh my God. I don't, Oh my God. This dude's incredible. Like it's it's insane. So yeah, that's, that is insane though, because I had never heard of, I had never heard of, he's the same age as LeBron. That's his
1: birthday. Is tomorrow. Oh. And he'll be 38.
0: Hey, listen, I doubt he ever hears about this podcast, but yeah. uh, If if he did, well, I tell you what, we've made it. We have made it. And then I didn't realize him and LeBron were the same age. That's interesting. So, so LeBron just turned 37 as well. And that's.
1: Well, only if we could have been born in 1985 and we could have been, you know, physical freaks like these two.
0: Yeah. And two people that apparently do not age. Yeah. It and is, uh, also to your point of talking about soccer, that that is insane that they do lose to a team I've never heard about. And you know, everybody around the world knows who you know Manchester is. They know yeah. who that's the most well known team around the world. They make the most some of the most money. I think they probably do make the most money because them or,
1: or Real Madrid, it's gotta be one of those two for sure. Yeah,
0: I think definitely. Let's see. Top.
1: But um on Chelsea FC they play tomorrow. We play a uh, uh, Plymouth Argyle. A uh, oh, very yeah. early game, seven thirty a.m. game. Not gonna get up that early.
0: I actually, well, I'll be up because I got a word. But yeah, I'll watch it. yeah, you get you get to watch those early games. Let's see, world's most valuable sports team. Uh, it just wants to show me. Just wants to show me football teams. I think that. Oh, bar, hmm, Cool. Well, Um, while you're looking up that,
1: I I do want to, like, I'm sitting here watching the uh, Winter Olympics, uh, Beijing 2022. Uh, Just watching the women's slopes out right now and the qualifying. And there is nothing more impressive than watching these people on snowboards and skis jump, you know, 75 miles in the air, like going Um, down a hill, just throwing her body me. out there just
0: terrifying terrifies me and I don't know how people decide to do that it's one of the things that I'll look every time I have to think how do you do this the first time how <laughs> well, do you, you do this you now? get up it's, and what's... you just go down the hill and then you just get braver and braver how do you not die the first time like that's the uh, t- I'm terrified I can't even skateboard a rollerblade it's awful uh, I tried rollerblade one time and rolled over this woman at church camp literally just Folded this older lady in half. It was awful. It was not good. I thought I for sure broke this woman. Oh, actually, okay. Top five: Dallas Cowboys are number one at five point yeah. $5. five billion dollars. Then it's the Yankees. You can't win a playoff game in the rich. <laughs> oh my god! Don't tell my dad that. New York Yankees, the Knicks, then Barcelona. Yeah, I knew
1: those, those two Spanish teams: Barcelona and Madrid. They got to be top. Madrid. Madrid's
0: next, then Golden State, and then the Lakers. Golden State, yeah, that's then,
1: that. That's when you know that this list is definitely a, a modern day list because yeah, even I, honestly, I would even say you know eight years ago, five years ago, they weren't even on this on on the, in the top five.
0: This is from a Forbes list, and this is based on their value. But tenth, eleventh, and twelfth is Bayern Munich and Manchester United and Liverpool, and they're all right there with each other, like literally within a few million dollars of each other. So. And then, and I think Chelsea is probably like in the 20s. Manchester City's 13th, and the the amount of money that these teams are worth is insane to think about. Surprisingly, the Washington football team is 19th. Yeah, that's a shocker. Yeah, let's see. Chelsea is 25th tied. Oh,
1: I knew it was in the 20s. Well,
0: I could guess. They're tied with the Celtics and the Broncos. And okay, yeah, that's those three for 25th. So, all right. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is Shaden Sharp going to play. <laughs> I'm in tired. General? I'm, t- I'm tired. He, I, okay, no, general? we'll start tomorrow before we discuss further because I think I want to record Sunday. I'll do another one Sunday because oh, I want nice. to do a foot football one. I want to do a, a Super Bowl. Prepare us for the next game, and then I want to. Uh, We'll talk in we'll talk in general for the season, but let's talk about. Do you think that change Harp will play tomorrow? No, no I, don't I, don't, I, don't I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, well, I've seen some sources saying that he was definitely going to play against Vandy on Wednesday. Did not. Yeah, I, I, I was with, with with each game that passes. I just do not see him playing. I think. I think, well, it's, at I this think it, right
1: now. I mean, we've already ran through the. I mean, Vandy's password. Who else are we going to play that's –
2: We're going to
1: 40 or something, you know, like – And honestly, it's most likely going to come down to two situations. We get into serious, like, injury concerns with with our guards, and he's going to have to play. And number two, you know, we got to be up by a lot for him to come in and play. And I I don't think that'll happen. Yeah,
0: I see the only real game that I see us running away with, there's two of them, and I think that's Ole Miss – and South Carolina, I don't think you do it. You might be able to do it against is Florida because I'm not home? That... Yes.
1: Okay. Well, Ole Miss is. I want to say when when is Ole Miss?
0: Uh, it's the uh, it's March first, so it's yeah, definitely I... uh, the late. South I Carolina is what... a few games away, and I just don't know. I just don't see a game where you just insert him and say. And we got
2: Florida.
1: Florida's at home.
0: And then the, it's we if
1: he does play, it's going to be a home game. And I'm not even. Wait, is Ole Miss the last game we have of the? Uh, of
0: nope. March fifth oh. is our last game. We play Ole Miss at home. March... At home. Uh, Yes, it's our last home game. So it's a senior day.
1: Well, I'll say this: if if Cal knows that he's coming back, he probably won't play him.
0: Nah, I, if and he I think knows that he's going to leave.
1: I think he'll play him.
0: I think that's a risk that Cal has to evaluate because Shane Sharp's family has also said that he's coming back for sure. But at the same time, drafts are already putting Shane Sharp in the first round next year. So, yeah, he's. I,
1: a, I looked at it today. He's he's sitting at number seven. Yeah, and Ty, Ty was sitting at ten.
0: If if he's sitting above Ty, Ty already, he should be out there. He should, definitely should be out there.
1: He's, Could you imagine if? So, w- with the transfer meal going on before the season, we got Oscar Sheboy. Yeah. If we had Kofi Coburn, and we were able to play both of them, first off, I don't think we would have even lost a game, even with having our guards out. And number two, I forgot where I was going with this. I just – I got distracted. But, anyway <laughs> – I just wanted to bring that up basically. I just, like yeah, If we I, had Kofi and we were yeah, able to have was, two players was, the exact same, just a bully inside, that would just be And unreal. I
0: think that we knew that we weren't I, I think we knew that Davion Mintz was coming back. That's why we didn't go on Marcus Carr. And so I, I think if I think Coburn's really the only way this team could could have been better because it gives us something we don't already have because oh, we have
1: Lane Tuer, uh, do what we have Lane Tuer, though.
2: He's he's basically the same,
0: but worse. Yeah, he's he's getting he's honestly given good minutes, though.
2: Yeah, actually, and he
0: doesn't. He he the
1: only points he's scoring is the points that are literally given to him. Yeah, if it's like you know him wide open for a layup after uh, you know, Davion drives to the basket and he's just sitting there wide open, he dishes off to him. And he yeah. just gets an easy dunk. It's like his only hey, point that he's getting that hey, free throws.
0: You got to know your role, and you got to roll with and it. And he's nailing it, you gotta, it too. You got to just go do what you do and do it. All right. So uh, a couple other things I want to talk about real quick was um, – I know you don't talk about it, but the NBA, the, the Nets have lost seven in a row. And – I know they don't.
1: Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. I don't. Are any of
0: those at home where Kyrie can't play? Uh, no. I think they've been mixed, but I don't even think Durant's been playing. But also the it has been hard. I mean, they lost by twenty three tonight to to the Jazz. Um, They lost by twenty three to the Jazz, and Jazz just that just shows
1: how important
0: Kevin Durant is. Yeah, uh, and they they've been. I mean, they got beat by Sacramento last night, so Sacramento's awful. awful. Uh, awful. But let's see. And it wasn't even the saddest thing that happened. They, (laughs) somebody in the Brooklyn Nets organization, died. They decided to post on that, not their loss. That's good. Uh, Let's see. Uh, That was just a rough day, rough stretch to be the Nets. Uh, I want to see whether or not Durant's play. I do not think. They've been playing. No, he they. I did played. see
1: things. I did see uh, some things where James Harden's on the block.
0: James Harden wants out, and the nets are having this. Yes, he wants out. Kyrie tonight was pulling a Russell Westbrook stat line and was six for 20. Ooh. and his plus minus was minus 29. Well, uh, that, that's gonna happen
1: when you lose by 23. So James
0: Harden is not playing because he wants out. He wants traded. He's open to playing the rest of the season for the Nets. I do not know why he wants out. I don't know whether he wants to be the main dog. But you know, he's third right now behind Kyrie and KD. Um, and, you know, he, he's proven over the years that he's not a team player, and he wants out. So what the Sixers are, or what the Nets are wanting to do is to decide whether they want to play the rest of the season with him and take their chances on winning a championship. If they can get KD back, KD back be he'll be back in a few weeks. Oh maybe. Maybe we'll we always know how KD injuries come along. Um but do they want to trade him now, get something out of it or in the long run, or do they want to try to go all or nothing this season? And I think that they finally decided today that they are uh they they are wanting to Move him this and today they aggressively pushed for actually Ben Simmons, I don't, and a draft pick. But interestingly enough, as this is a Kentucky first podcast, they wanted Tyrese Maxey. And as we're recording here, uh, as we're recording, the Nets, uh, not the Nets, the Sixers definitely said no to that. They were like, You're not taking Tyrese Maxey, you, you know, what? like you can have Ben Simmons and a few draft picks. They they said no. They said no. We're not taking that bum. They're not. We're not taking James Harden for one year. He's on the end of his contract, I think. Yeah, on like and, a 50 million
1: dollar deal, deal. with something stupid, I'm just ridiculous.
0: But you know, they're both two teams wanting to unload baggage. They're two. They're two teams wanting to get rid of guys who are not doing much for their team right now, anyways. And this. They want to move on from bad situations. But the Nets, you know, the Sixers have survived without James – or without Ben Simmons. The Nets, obviously, are not surviving without Harden. So I think it, that's an interesting trade to look at for the next few weeks. To if see I was where, the
1: Nets, I would honestly – I would uh, – because you would, know I that would. you're pushing for a championship and you're and you're sitting 6th in the standings. And if you can't, you know, get one of the 40 Kentucky players that are just absolute studs, why would you go for anyone else? You might as well just Damn. keep what you have. Keep James Harden, keep Kyrie Irving, keep Durant obviously. Go for the championship when Durant gets healthy. Push, push, push. And, you know, just uh-huh. just take your chance with him, honestly.
0: And I'm going to say something that may. I would like to see Kyrie play more with Durant to see how it works out, but with Kyrie not being able to play at home, I would be tempted to move him to a state where he could play more often as an unvaccinated player, um, which would suck because he'd probably go to somewhere and then play the Nets in the finals and <laughs> not be able to play half the finals.
1: That would be hilarious.
0: That would just be, but that, I think that that's a, I don't know. I think the Nets are just an interesting team to watch. I don't really know what they'll do. They really want to get rid of and load Harden. They're not playing him, so they don't hurt him, and he doesn't want to play, so it doesn't get hurt. So I think it's interesting to see what they do for the next few weeks and see where it goes. Also, uh, as a LeBron fan, the Lakers suck, and as an Anthony Davis fan, yes, the Lakers really suck. So, I'd like to see what the Lakers do too. But, um, lastly, my thing is by Tom Brady. Um, you've haunted me for twenty two years of my twenty six year old life. Uh, I've I mean, had my well, fair share as a Seahawks fan. Yes, so I know. yes, and I have an interesting question that I I want to ask, but I think I'll wait till Sunday's recording to figure it out. Um, but. It, it's it's regarding the Packers and the and the Seahawks, but bro, Tom Brady even scared me up until his retirement. That game against the Rams, I, I'm a secondary Rams fan. I was in shambles. I was hurting. I was like, this dude's gonna, this dude's gonna kill me one more time. I can't stand. I cannot stand this to do this one more time. And ended up they come up a little short. I've never liked Matt Stafford that much, but I liked Matt Stafford that day. I love Cooper Cup. He was awesome. He had an awesome embrace with his wife. From the stories I've heard about him and his wife, they seem like awesome people. So, yeah, uh, Tom Brady, great career. I can say that you're the GOAT, even though I, I did not like you for much of your career. But you have terrorized me. And, I, I, and I'm I'm glad to see you going and please enjoy your retirement. But you have haunted me. You well, definitely he's haunted definitely
1: me. one of those players where uh, you you just have to respect, sit back and watch and enjoy and play. Just like you know, you got Brady, you got Tiger, you got LeBron. You yeah. know, just sit back. You may hate him. you may love him. Sit back, enjoy the ride, watch them. They'll be gone eventually. But yeah. you know, you, you don't you don't see. You know, seven championships coming from one quarterback, uh, and the and the the milestones and stuff that he's that he's done—it's unprecedented. Like it's unreal.
0: It is unreal, and I, I I, again, Signor, thank you for leaving (laughs) Heart attack, heart attack. One more time in his career. I was sitting there in my parents' living room, about to put a hole through a wall. It was twenty-seven to three. My family was like, "Wow." Buccaneers getting killed and there was this little little dark hope. go Dark and I wouldn't say hope. It was like it was like nagging at me. It was like hey that's Tom Brady. It's 27 to 3. It's 27 to 10. Hey that's Tom Brady. And then I was like god, or whatever the score was. He was down by tons and then it got to 27-13 and I was like oh god and then it was 27-20 and I was like crap and then it was 27-27 and I was like this man's, this man's killed me again. This man has, in his twenty-two two years, has taken years off my life, and I'm and I'm so glad to see him gone. Be as a competitor, I thought he was awesome to watch, but at the same time, as somebody who is an NFC fan and loves other teams that he's constantly terrorized. Especially, I know you. You're a Seahawks fan. I know you. But so Seahawks and Bengals.
1: We got to throw in the Bengals in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. You we'll know. talk he's more a about a that. Person.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll definitely
0: talk about that Sunday, but yeah, yeah, um, I definitely we'll have a a little bit to talk about Kentucky and the post game of the the uh, Alabama Kentucky, and then we'll see. Um, we're going to talk about NFL and other things on Sunday. Anything else you'd like to talk about tonight? I know you got to go to work early in the morning. No, oh, man,
1: I think I'm good. I think we've we've had a a really yeah. long episode. <laughs> and, uh, Right. Hey, I think we talked about a lot of things. You know, it, it's the it's the first one. Uh, you know, you'll get better as we go, and uh, hey, listen, you, know, you know, in general, we will get better as we go. And you know, uh, hey, just, I, you know I, I let's talk. Let's, let's just talk a little sports. You know,
0: I enjoy it. Hey, listen, just two friends talking about sports and what we think. Uh, again, I'd slap the overall Kentucky. I'd <laughs> I'd definitely take Duke tomorrow. Uh, not financial advice by no means. And yeah, I just feel like those two teams, I'm scared of that Baylor game because I could see a lot of games going on or a lot of things going on in that game. I can and, see a lot of things
2: going on in
1: that Yukon Villanova game.
0: Yeah, that's a game that, that a I good, feel that like it's, under, it's an good. underrated game. And look, look at me like right here. You know, the viewers will be able to see it, but I have the yeah, old UK UConn- or Yukon logo. Google. That was a good final four. Yeah yeah also nobody else can see this but my room has been invaded by baby shower gifts (laughs) baby stroller that's great so anyways office has become a a secondary baby room and i believe this is it this is episode one episode one f sports fields and frederick frederick and fields i don't know which one comes first but i appreciate it there will be more
1: that we'll we'll be talking about a little bit of fantasy football too as a yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, listen, man. I, I won a championship with Derrick Henry, Hopkins, and Godwin on IR. I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think definitely next year we're going to do a ratings too. Like, I want to rate running backs. I'm not going to do like a full list of like 120 best players. Do, I'm be going like, to do like, well, I'm going to do top running backs, top wide receivers. Yeah, I do like
1: well, I think we don't do top you know i say we do oh we'll, we'll, we'll get there we'll get there, there, we
0: go, there we go. all right anyways well this is it and thanks jared i will talk to you sunday all right guys see ya. all right see